He is a former NFL player and the author of The Greatest You. Please check it out. Book Circle coming up next. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. What's up, y'all? My name is TK Trinidad. Um, I'm, like, so excited. So when I, like, got this through the pipes, I'm like, I have to do this interview. So, like I said, former NFL player, author of The Greatest You, motivational speaker. Um, I found you on, like, the Facebook when you're doing those Facebook videos, maybe two or three years ago, yeah. Um, Trent Shelton, welcome. How you welcome. doing, TK? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. This is the second. If you guys are not like checking in, this is the second <laughs> interview. So, but you've had a long day of interviews. Yeah. So let's let's get let's get into it. Um, the greatest you. Yeah. What inspired you to write this book? Yeah. Um, well, my story, obviously, just you know, my story in the NFL, and I'm pretty sure we'll get into that, and just me kind of losing myself in that process. And I just realized that, you know, that greatest you isn't like externally. Like we think that, you know, the world has it or it's going to be a job that presents it. And really, the greatest you is already inside of you. So I want to walk people through that journey, which is a three step process and reality, release, repair and to find that greatest you inside of you. Now, you know, being a former athlete and uh, myself being a former athlete as well and knowing a lot of former athletes, I feel like we go through a different process, meaning that we start training you know, from elementary school, and this is all you do until the end of high school and until and university, or till you know after that. And um, you know what I think of is like you always think you're an athlete. Like if you play until high school, you think you're an athlete until like maybe college. If you play in college, you think you're an athlete until like you know your 30s. But if you play pro, usually your mentality is like you're always an athlete for the rest of your life, and it's kind yeah. of hard getting out of that mentality. So I found reading this book. I want to give it to a lot of friends who are former athletes, in particular football players. You know who excelled and now they're living the real life and they can't quite figure it out yeah i I appreciate you doing that because like that's a big part of even what i want to do moving forward on on a on a bigger scale is to show athletes as lebron's thing you know you're more than an athlete and it's true because like the cool thing about sports and you know this is like our mindset is is wired differently like Mm -hmm. the skills that you learn playing sports you can take that into any job any field and you can uh, really excel at it but it's just about you coming with grips that, you know, this season of your life is over, but it doesn't mean that your next season can be better. And so hopefully through my story, people can see like, oh, well, there is a next level or there is something more purposeful, which is the main thing for my life. Right. So what do you think that as far as when you were training, should you have, you know, put aside almost like a plan B? Like, because I, I <laughs> yeah. know like my coach is like, you know, you have to look to the house that you eventually want to build. And like, that wasn't the thought. I was putting six hours in on the track. I was doing school and all this other stuff. And you're not thinking about, you know, when you're like 30. Like, yeah. that was, that's not even a thought process. So do you have you do you think that you're going to try to like implement that for athletes? Yeah, just our next chapter, you know, um, just being ready for it because. I mean, we all know we don't want to face it, but your sport is going to end. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, your sport is going to end. And so the best time to actually do is while you're in the sport. And what Mm -hmm. a lot of athletes make the mistake of, even like myself, is, okay, I'm going to do it when it's over. But you got to realize people don't, unless you're a mega superstar, people are not going to care about you anymore once it's over. And so those connections that you once had might not be there. So while you're in there, you know, network, you're in college. You know, go network with the just students, you yeah. know, because those people are going to be bosses, CEOs, you know, lawyers, doctors, network 
with these people and, you know, build that relationship and friendship. And then once you need them or they need you, you know, that relationship is there. Yeah, that's definitely one thing I wish, like, I would have known in college, too. It's just, like, you, the, <laughs> yeah. the importance of, like, networking yeah. instead of having your head down, going to practice and just, like, doing doing you. Um, but let's kind of get into, um, you were talking about, like, building bridges and crossing over them, yeah. which I found, like, really interesting as far as that concept. So, like, tell us about that. Yeah, so I believe that every every connection in your life is a bridge. So, of course, your habits are bridges, but we focus just on people. So every relationship you have with someone is a bridge. And the question that you have to ask yourself is, where is this bridge leading me to? And it isn't always, I talk about in the book, you know, sometimes it's easy to identify a bad bridge. Oh, this person brings me pain or this person, whatever, this is a bridge that's leading me back to pain. But you also have bridges in your life that it's good people they just maybe their mindset isn't where it should be as far as where you want to go because mindsets are contagious. So for me, I had to look at my circle. Like when mm-hmm. I when my circle got smaller, my vision got clearer, literally. And I had to burn bridges in my life that was hard, that hurt, but in the long run it helped my life. And it also helped theirs because now friends that call me stupid and like, oh, well, you're gonna be an author, you're gonna do this and that. Now those same friends are now, you know, being influenced and inspired by my journey and changing their life. So self-awareness is like a big thing. It's been talked about or kind of one of those words over the maybe that's three or four years. And I feel like some people get it and they do the hard research and look in the mirror. and It's like, okay, I see all these things and um, I'm going to I'm willing to change all this stuff. And this is definitely with the book. If you're open to it, you can change. But then there's people who are not. And I find and maybe you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I find there's a lot of people who are not open to being self-aware and, you know, doing the work. Um, how do you think you can help them kind of, you know, open their eyes to that? Yeah, well, I mean, I just use a lot of leverage uh, questions and statements with people because that's what moves me. And it's just like at the end of the day, do you want to live the rest of your life unhappy or do you want to live a settled life? And if that's what you want to do, there's no way I can open your eyes up to that. I can try it. I can influence it. But self-responsibility is is huge. I mean, it frees you. Um, for me, it was like my tagline is with rehab time, it all starts with you. It was me looking in the mirror saying, look, it's on you. Like, stop blaming the NFL. Stop blaming people around you and take responsibility over your life because that's where your true you know, power is. So I would tell people, like, look at your situation, look at your life, because nothing is going to change until you give yourself permission for it to change. Now, another, you know, kind of one of those words is like purpose. Yeah. And or the or the reason why I was watching. Oh, my gosh. Um, HBO, they do, they cover the NFL teams before the season. Hard Knocks. Yes, I was watching Hard Knocks, and one of the guys was like, what's your why? And I actually, and then he said, put it on like a paper, and then, you know, put it by your bed, your, your, you know, bed stand, stuff like that. And I actually did it and put it on my ceiling. And it really, like, helps me focus. Um, How do you kind of help people discover what their purpose is? Yeah, so this is interesting, because I've been... Getting this question a lot. It's a part in the book that says you are a purpose. And it's something I've been, you know, teaching on and telling people just my perspective because I always thought purpose was an external thing. I thought purpose was, you know, the NFL. I thought purpose was rehab time, what I'm doing now. And the more I grow and learn just more about myself, I don't believe purpose is a external thing. I think it's an internal gift. I believe that you are purpose. So like right here, this is not your purpose. This is the placement, the avenue for you to shine bright and use your who you are, right? Your God-given gift. Mm -hmm. And so I think when people understand that, it brings more confidence to one know that they're enough. And if they lose, like if they lose football, they lose this, they don't have to lose themselves. Yeah, it's going to hurt. But you now know I can take my life to something else and be highly effective in that, too. So just start telling yourself I am purpose. Now, do you still classify yourself or define yourself as an athlete? 
Like when you when you when, like your your internal talk. Like do you still like it when you're doing those workouts? Do you think okay, I'm a former athlete, I can do this? Like oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Like I still have that in me. Like I just ran a half marathon and I realized that <laughs> that I, I not finished it. But uh-huh. I you know sometimes you think oh like I can still run a four three. You know and just. I don't care how hard you want to run a four three. Yeah. Life catches up with you. Uh-huh. But I still have that. I still have that mentality to uh, just the understanding that you know what you put in is what you get out, and you know going through it will produce strength. And so that mentality is still there. So now, as far as politics, yeah. Um, over the last maybe three, three, two or three years, um, it's been kind of crazy as far as people are talking at each other on Twitter, just in the horrific things that have been happening. What are, what are your kind of tips as far as getting folks together and actually listening to each other and discovering the greatness, not only within yourself, but within each other? I actually have a spoken word called Divided States of America. I put that out last year, and, I mean, it was a lot of positivity, but people didn't expect that from me. Mm-hmm. And it was something that's been in my phone. I was like, man, I want to get this out. So I did the spoken word. And my whole message with that was, like, whether whatever side you're on, okay, cool, left, right, red blue whatever it's like let's agree on what's right and what's wrong Mm -hmm. like i think we got into a place that we're so into our sides or our teams or our political views that we won't even say it's wrong even if we know it's wrong because we want to be right and i think that's whack so i think the more we can say okay i'm a republican but you know what what trump did was messed up Mm -hmm. you know i think we get to that place we'll be in a a much better place in this country now you know christianity plays a big role um, I watch. I don't know if you watch the show United Shades of America with uh, Kamal Bell. He actually went to Texas and he went to like all the mega churches in Texas. Yeah. And some of the churches were, you know, pro one person versus pro. Like they were just encouraging their congregation um, to vote one way or yeah. the other. Um, I guess like what are your feelings towards that? Because I don't think that's that's what Christianity. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's. I mean, that's that's the word that comes to my mind. Like, I think you shouldn't influence anybody. You should influence people to be who they are, for one. And it's like you shouldn't have an agenda with that. And so, like, even with my messages, like, I'm never going to have an agenda to tell you you need to believe in this. Like, no, like, if that's what works for you, like, mm-hmm. even if it's a different religion, like, if that's what works for you, then that's what works for you. You know, and I respect that. And just because we have different sides or different views doesn't mean we have to hate each other or doesn't mean we can't agree or, mm-hmm. or, or can't get along. You know, so I just feel like, you know, pushing politics on people like that is whack. Now, you know, in your your travels and, you know, doing what you're do- what, doing, what you're doing, aesthetically, you look a certain way. Yeah. Have, have you ever checked <laughs> somebody that came up to you is like, I thought one thing and you totally oh blew my, my mind. Gosh. Yes. All the time. Um, you know, I'm a black man, like tattoos, dreads. So in this space, you know, it's very rare. And it's one of the reasons why. I continue. I could wear a suit, but I continue to be who I am because I want to show kids that look like me that grow up like you can be more than a, a sports player or whatever. You can literally be in this field and make an impact. Mm-hmm. And I remember this particular speaking engagement um, is when I first started. It was at a, a, a high school banquet. They had, a, you know, they have like the VIP table for like the speaker and ever. And so I sit down, and the lady's like, look, she's like right here, and I just feel her like looking at me. She's like looking at me, kind of like, you know, like who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And so I pay no mind. I get on stage. I pour into the kids, tear it down. I sit back, and she's still staring at me, but in a different manner now. And she taps me. She says, like, Trent, I got to apologize. Like, when you walked in here, first of all, I didn't think you should be at this table. And then second of all, like, I didn't think you were the speaker. And second of all, I prejudge you. Like, what is this guy going to talk about? She's like, that's the most impactful speech I ever heard. And so my whole goal is, like, we all prejudge people Mm -hmm. for the most part. But 
when you see a person like me and you're judging a person like me, I promise you that the next person you see, you won't judge them. Just for the simple fact, I want to break the stereotype right. and show you that you can, just because you look a certain way uh, doesn't mean I have to fit in the box. You right. Know? So, yeah. And that's also like the empathy, like the, the fact that, you know, you think of a certain situation and just because that particular person doesn't look like you doesn't mean it couldn't be your family member. Exactly. I think when people apply that. Then you know it's a little different outlook. Um, now let's talk about forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> um, now here's the thing: there are people who say like, "I forgive you, but I'll never forget." Right. Um, what's your thought process on this? Is it is it one of those things like I forgive and everything? You know, it is what it is, or it's like you're good and I won't hold it against you, but we're, yeah. we're not traveling no more. Yeah. It's, so I think there's different. I don't think you ever for, for forget. Like I just I don't. I think it's very hard to forget if somebody did you wrong. Now the power of like how it affects you definitely can change. And so it's just two things. Like maybe you have a person. Well, for let's talk about this. Forgiveness is important if you want to move forward with your life because there's a lot of people who who have moved on from the person, but without forgiveness, they haven't moved on from the pain. You mm-hmm. see that so much, and they make people pay for mistakes they didn't make. And so I had that situation happen to me a few years ago in business. I mean, a guy in South Africa, you know, did me wrong in business. And it's mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm not trusting nobody anymore. And so I was turned away from opportunities. Like, even there were great opportunities. Like, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. And I realized, like, dang, like, I'm making good people pay for a mistake made by a person. One person. One person. So forgiveness is for you. But the second part is it doesn't excuse the behavior. So I will I forgive that guy, but I will never do business with him again in my life. I don't care if he whatever. It's just I will never do business with him in my life again. And so it's okay not to forgiveness doesn't mean you have to go back to the situation or even keep that person a part of your life. It's literally for you and to free you. So your videos. Um how do you come up with them? So like for me, what I've been doing is I might learn a lesson from something that's happened for the day and like I might post it. And I've been just recently doing that. I've realized that people actually like listen, which is weird, but thank you. Um, But, you know, is that how your videos come about? Yeah. So it's it's three ways. Um, Past experiences, uh, present experiences and then other people's experiences. So now it's to the point where. I get a lot of my content from my community. It's like, hey, Trent, I'm dealing with this or I went through this. And usually it's something that I've been through and I have to kind of channel myself back to that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's where that passion comes out from it, you know, when I do my videos. And now with helping so many people, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and reading through, I'm I'm guessing you're not reading through all the comments, but you're seeing most of the comments. Um, Do you feel overwhelmed sometimes? Like you, you see the pain. And you see that, you know, they're at this place and you want them to get to this other place, but they're just not there yet. All the time. Um, I'm, I'm definitely like a feeler. Like I is it empathy, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I definitely like feel that I've always have. And it's like, you know, and I mean, every single day I will open my phone right now. There's going to be a thousand messages of people, you know, with breakthroughs, but also people. It's like I can't do it and mm-hmm. nothing is changing in my life. And it's like, I wish you just would get it and just take a step. But it hurts. But at the same time, I've had to learn how I'm, I can't change someone's life. Like, there's no way I can. I can influence change. Mm-hmm. I can pray for change, hope for you to change. But you have to do your part to say, okay, I'm going to take this information and apply it. So I have to be good with just being a seed planner. And that's something that I've learned over the last few years. So how do you kind of be empathetic but detach from the, you know, putting your, I guess, yeah. your all in it? Well, I just plant the seed. I'm like, okay. I planted the seed. Mm-hmm. I can't like I'll tell the person, listen, I talked about this 80 times. I was like, 
nothing's going to change unless you change. And mm-hmm. so if you don't want to change, then guess what? You're going to deal with this pain for the rest of your life. Like I made a video on Instagram last night about choosing your heart, right? Staying in pain is hard. Progressing, moving on is hard. Mm-hmm. Choose your heart. It's on you. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm good with just saying, look, I've done all I can do. Now it's on you to do something with your life. And now the process. So say if they get, you know, finally get out of that, you know, talking about the pain and the reason yeah. why they can't get out of the pain. They start that process. Um, you talked about kind of falling in love with the process. Yeah. Follow um, progression. That's that, how do you get to that point as far as explaining it to people? Yeah. So, well, you're an athlete, so you understand this very well. And I think it's just the athletic part of me. Like there's like, you don't, you probably, you ran track, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you didn't love track practice. No. Right. But it came to a point where, you start to fall in love with the hard work because you knew what the hard work produced, yeah. all right? And so I think it's the same with life. Like, I don't like going through hard times. I don't want to put myself through hard times. But I know if I just progress, not trying to be perfect, but if I just progress my life and take a step forward, that this struggle, this pain, the setback is going to produce something greater. And so I tell people, like, your definitions are everything. Your meanings that you give things are everything. And so you easily can say, it's like your perspective is your power, your prison, right? So mm-hmm. you, easily, you easily can say that, even though this is a bad situation, like me getting cut from the NFL was a bad situation, or was it? It was actually probably the greatest thing that happened in my life. Right. And so now I label everything power. Like even I'm like, this is power. Because at some point, if I allow and give a permission to like go through the process, it's going to produce something. Whether it's a lesson, whether it's growth, or something in my life. And that's the way I choose to look at it. So your son's still playing football. Yep. Um, how do you explain to your son because I, I went through the same thing. Like, you know, I got to a point where this is all I know. This is all I, I did. And I didn't see, you know, what I'm going to do after. How do you kind of instill in your son that, you know, there's this football. and If you yeah. get to the NFL, that's great. But, you know, there's other there's stuff beyond that. Yeah, well, I, I said word program is probably not the right word. But I instill in him like I make him tell me who he is like and he's it's always changing. I'm like, who are you? Who are you? Mm-hmm. I said sports is not who you are is what you do. I said it is a it's a chapter of your life. It's gonna be a it could be a great vehicle, mm-hmm. but this vehicle is gonna run out of gas. This vehicle is gonna stop. And so don't let society, don't let people put you in the box because they will. Because I mean that's what happened. Oh, you're Trent the Colts player. You're Trent at Baylor. You're mm-hmm. Trent the you know they put you in that box and you know it. And so like don't let society do that. Just always remember you know who you are and what you want to be, and just know like this is a vehicle that I'm using. I can use another vehicle. And now as far as um, purpose and passion, yeah. what, what's your game plan as far as, you know, the next chapter? For me? Yeah. You know, I, I asked that question a lot today. So <laughs> my my next chapter is to continue to do what I'm doing. I mean, I'm already working on my second book, which will come out probably in 2020, 2021. But I want to – I know there's – so many seven billion people there's so many hearts that haven't heard my message that mm-hmm. needs it and so i want to just keep creating dope content uh even get into documentary film hopefully some netflix stuff and just any avenue i can go into whether it's books whether it's coaching and be able to impact lives now uh we have something called rapid hot tags so i'm okay. gonna hit you with a few questions just say the first thing that comes to your mind All right. so always early or always late always late <laughs> Like you just like looked in the cameras like this is this is who I am. Uh, last person you text. My wife. Uh, if you were to listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, 2014 Forest Hill Drive. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, if you can have one superpower, what would it be? To keep having more superpowers. 
ice or crushed ice? Crushed. Uh, late owl or early riser? I got kids now. Early riser. Uh, dream dinner guest? Dead or alive? Dead or alive. Tupac. If you were a crayon, what color would you be? Red. And last show you binge watched? Power. Oh, it's gonna, it's, this season's going to be crazy. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? For sure. You can follow me any social media site. Just put in at Trent Shelton. I'll pop up uh, my website, TrentShelton.com. And if you're trying to get the book, go to TheGreatestYouBook.com. Not just trying. Like, you need oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go get it. Go and get the <laughs> go, and, go and get the book. Thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. You guys, like, if you're not following him, you should follow him. Game changer, life changer, for sure. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Tiki. I appreciate you. No problem. Ciao, guys. From executive producers Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menunos, and Jeffrey Masters, thanks for tuning in to Book Circle Online. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. To suggest a book title or their author, you can tweet us at BookCircleOn. This is Book Circle Online. Thanks for tuning in.